Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. Today we're discussing Series 3, Episode 4. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. And um, a reminder that this week's episode deals with the Holocaust, death, grief, and infertility. And so if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. Okay, uh, in this week's episode, Sister Winifred is on call and going out to her first deliveries in Poplar. She is experiencing some anxiety about her role and responsibilities, and Cynthia helps overcome her fear. We also meet Leah Moss, our expectant mother, who lives with her husband and mother. Leah and her mother escaped the Holocaust and relocated to London, but Leah's mother has been struggling with an undiagnosed health issue, which has resulted in her being homebound for the last 12 years. Leah and her husband have an offer to relocate the family to a nice London suburb, but they are unsure if they can take it until Dr. Turner offers them some hope. Sheila is still dealing with her feelings over finding out she is unable to have children and decides to focus on a new project. She revives the Poplar Choral Society just in time for the community to rally around after a loss. Jenny and Alec are going strong, and when he invites her to a weekend away in Brighton, she is happy to accept. After a misunderstanding, they argue, and the weekend is call off. Before things can get sorted out, Alec, at work on a scaffolding, falls and is severely injured. Jenny is able to talk to him in the hospital post-surgery, and they work everything out and make new happy plans for the future. Sadly, just after she leaves his bedside, he suffers a complication and dies. Poplar comes together to hold a funeral, and Jenny takes compassionate leave to the mother house to grieve. Oh, girls. Okay. Should we talk about the sad storyline, the really sad storyline, or the really, really, really sad storyline <laughs> first? Because well, I'm I'd just you- like to say first that Jen is not feeling very well, as you can hear in her voice. Um, yes. I've just been to two kids' parties and one yesterday, so I am also... <laughs> and poor yeah. Bex had COVID over Christmas, so just, you know, don't, 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 just don't expect too high standards today everyone. <laughs> <laughs> welcome 2023 here we go ladies yeah. Happy um, New Year to all of i us. think we should do the jenny lee one first because that's obviously the main storyline isn't it sure well yeah. actually okay i know i offered that we i the only reason i want to do that one just a little bit later is because i feel like the the that's moss we'll her, yeah maybe we should just do sister winifred because that's kind of like the easy quick one first Okay. Well, I thought I'd missed something, but then when I listened to your synopsis, Jen, I was like, because I was like, is she just not confident? And then when I heard your synopsis, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mm, yeah. I love Sister Winifred. I, I totally understand why she could feel... I got the sense 
they didn't explicitly say this, but I got the sense that she has all of her training and she's done deliveries and stuff like that, but she just is still quite new. And so she just doesn't feel very confident about going out I'd there. I'd be the like, same when she's like, oh, I'll get, I'll get the water, shall I? Like, that's exactly yeah. what I would do. Anything I could do to actually avoid being the sharp end of the birth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When she was just standing really awkwardly next to the bed. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah, and just kind of like smiling and like, I'll get the teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Oh, I was just gonna say when um there was a call out and she's like, "Is there no one else who can go?" <laughs> <laughs> well, and when and when she's and when she's helping uh, Leah deliver, and she's like, and Jenny like gets up and leaves because she's got to go see Alec, and she's like, "Are they sending someone else to come like replace her?" And the, the grandmother is like, uh, "I don't think so," and she's like, "Oh god, oh god," you know that moment of fear when you're like well, finally on your own. I've written some notes here: lack of passion for midwifery. Same Winifred. Same. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. also Cynthia was so good with her because she was the first one who noticed and like uh-huh. just shows her, her real, she has real compassion, Cynthia. She's very caring, yeah. lovely. Um, but she was like, she said the wise words of like, feel their pain, their joy, the happiness is catching. And I thought I want to feel their pain and midwife, midwifery. Awful. Cynthia is a true empath though. She really yeah. is. Oh, she's so lovely though. Yeah. But then so obviously yeah. Mrs. Amos, is it Amos or Mrs. Moss? Moss. Rube, isn't who's Mrs. Rubin? Mrs. Rubin is uh, Mrs. Moss's mother. Rubin is the maiden name of Mrs. Yeah, Moss. Yes, so Leah Moss. Leah Moss is is her married and name, the and then Rubin is the, is the grandmother. Leah. Yeah, Leah. Leah. Oh, I forgot. We've done this again. Anyway, the... point being, don't matter. Um, but yeah. she delivered her baby, and um, and it was all oh, delivered Leah Leah's baby. Leah. Yeah. Leah. Leah. I think it's Leah. Yeah. Let's say Leah. That's. I yeah. think that's. I think that's more correct Jewish pronunciation. Well, my daughter walked in, uh, when that scene was on. <laughs> oh and, um, and it was, uh, and she was like, "Oh, what's happening?" <laughs> I was just like, "She's ha- She's pretending to have a baby." She's like, "Why is she pretending?" And I was like, "Because this is a TV show." <clears throat> and then we just had a big one thing. But also, I tell you what else happened just on the that really quick. There was a scene about smoking, and we'll talk about that later because it made me lol. But Robin was like, my daughter was like, what What are they doing with their mouths? Did oh. she not know what smoking she was? didn't know what smoking was. And I just think that shows what a good parent I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely shows what a good parent you are and nothing else, Alex. <laughs> uh, but no, obviously it shows how it's not on anything anymore, is it? When we were on TV, when we oh, were watching, because yeah. I didn't grow up in a smoking household, so it wasn't like I'd have seen my parents do it. Right. But like, um, yeah, like she hadn't seen anyone smoke before, and she was asking what it was. Oh, I'm I'm really surprised by that because you just take it for granted that everybody knows what smoking is. Exactly, and then she was like, "Why are they doing that? What does it do?" And I was like, "Well, it puts smoke in your lungs." And she was like, <gasps> "Like horrified." Yeah. Well, in all fairness, she also like doesn't really travel with a crowd that might be smoking as well. I mean, it's you know, like if she was, yeah, like she's still a little young for that, you know, type of. You She's know, never activities... going to be traveling with that crowd, Jen. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she'll I... never do anything seemly or untoward in her life ever. Not like that. I... Yeah, if she's like I a mother, she, she won't. <laughs> I had jobs, though, and my dad had these interview notes that he'd had from... My dad's retired now, but he had these interview notes that he passed on to me. He's like, these might be helpful for you. And one of the tips in the interview notes was not to just light up a cigarette because they might not smoke themselves. <laughs> So it's best to ask before lighting a cigarette during the interview. And I was like, how old are these interview notes? Oh, my God. That is like that is like truly from another time. Well, also, like just a quick lol at like Dr. Turner. Like this to me is such a vintage moment. Like Jenny comes out of um, the little like cubicle area where she's seeing Leah Moss, uh, Leah Moss. And she uh, she's standing there like, you know, going to the urine test thing or whatever. And Dr. Turner just briskly walks back to her. He's like, sister, I need a new ashtray on my desk. And she's like, oh, well, get right on it. And I'm just like. There isn't an ashtray in my cubicle. I've got it written down here verbatim. That's going to be the title of of this week's podcast. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just, I was like. It's just so 1950s, though, isn't it? Well, also to like, to order around like, like Jenny Lee, like the head of the clinic and everything. And to like make her do something as menial as like getting you a fresh ashtray like it's just also like sends me but then just to him for to be like oh yeah I need I need an ashtray like go get that which would just I mean I don't think I have worked at a place where they have smoking indoors 
like in probably 15 years at least at least if not longer than that i mean i i feel like by the well, time I think we it was the year 2000 of... that the uh smoking laws went from inside or whatever happened or was it 2001 or two or something over here it was Somewhere very early. around there yeah i mean yeah. I, like i remember when all those trends started happening and anyway we're spending a lot of time talking about smoking but anyways so Okay, so we've, we've covered Sister Winifred. She does get her confidence back. By the end of the episode, she's like, I'm going to go deliver so-and-so. And then Trixie says, oh, I'm the one on call. Are you sure you don't mean to go? And she's like, no, no, no. Like, you stay here and talk to Jenny and everything. So she's, she's got she's a passion got, for pushing. Yeah, she's got, her, <laughs> she's got her confidence. She's ready to go. She feels empowered. We love it. So Sister Winifred, A+. So let's talk about Leah Moss. Le- Leah Moss next. Um, so just quick context. So she's, she's very late stage third like into her third trimester pregnancy she leaves the clinic early because she wants to come and visit her see her mother when she comes her mother's like collapsed on the floor we're like not really sure what the health issue is here cynthia and winifred come to visit come to find out um that the mother has this disease where she kind of you know faints falls over something like that it's like a vertigo type thing isn't it well that's what dr turner says when he got comes and does an exam he's like oh what you what you're describing could be vertigo it could be like an inner ear thing leah thinks it's some kind of mental um mental health issue and i thought agoraphobia when i first watched oh i definitely thought that too and 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 it it was helpful actually because in the exposition of why leah thinks that because dr turner asks she says well we were put into one of the ghettos in um, Germany when you know that was occupied and everything um, and then we managed to escape and we kind of hid out for a long time but then after the war was over and we were liberated we went and looked back you know to where we were to find our family the rest of our people that we knew and they were all gone um, I think you know we can intuit that they you know have perished or passed away um, so then we you know relocated to London Leah gets married she's you know getting ready to have this baby and everything but her mom for the past you know 12 years has basically been you know unable to kind of leave the house and they at first thought it was this health thing but now you know but then she was like but I think it's also a a mental health thing like whatever and so then the doctor you know Dr. Turner says oh well it really might not be anything like that it might just be this health thing and I can resolve it so then you know they get really excited about it but when the mom gets this information she is excited, but she also, you can tell she's very anxious. Like she's like, oh, well, wait, what does this mean now? Because Leah and her husband have an opportunity to take a job. He works as like a deli, delicatessen manager. And they have an opportunity to take a job at a shop in Golders Green. Golders Golders Green. Green. Yeah. Which is like a nice suburb in, you know, a little out outside of London. And um, all of them can go and it's a really good opportunity. But you can tell that the mom is still like, well, okay, maybe it's a health issue, but maybe... Well, it's terrifying leaving. Yeah, after twelve years. I mean, I after COVID, I was a bit like, ooh, I don't like (laughs) Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I actually thought about my mom because we, you know, we quarantined and everything during COVID, and and I was the one who would go out and do like kind of the necessary errands, like grocery shopping, things like that. And I had to kind of like push her to be like you know, let's go out on this errand together. Like, you know, like, and she was like, I don't really want to go inside the store. I'm afraid and everything. So, you know, she never had a horophobia, but she definitely had, you know, yeah. some anxiety around being around people again. Um, because... um, can we just talk really quick about the fact that she called her, uh, the nurse a Krankenschwester? I've not heard that expression since GCSE German. When I think oh. that expression was about 12. What, what does like, it just mean? Come back from the Krankenschw- it's just nurse. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, Krankenschwester. Oh, oh okay. I thought it was like a Kranken's like ill. No, Kranken's like ill, and Schwester's sister's like ill sister. Who you go and see? Oh, do you know? I loved, I loved when the baby was born though in this storyline because like they've lost all of their family in the Holocaust, and just yeah. the fact that there's a new generation. I was like, oh. But also another inspired week by the writers. So obviously they had that speech with Christian, not Christian. Where's that call even come from? Sorry again, that's the kids' pies um cynthia uh, talking to sister winifred about like um, <clears throat> the love and the fear and the joy like embrace it all kind of thing and then it's totally gone with the fact that the grandma is like obviously experienced this fear that she's gone through but she's lived it then now she's got this brand new love and she's experienced the fear she's now got this joy to experience and now she's going to experience the adventure with them it's like that tr- and even if it wasn't her thing to say to the grandma it's like it's this whole 
storyline that's all gone together that's just this gorgeous thing that it's like oh I just loved it it was like inspired this grandmother the love of this granddaughter like just inspired her and I oh I just loved it so much and also can I just say I really loved it when the grandma so spoiler alert the grandma went out the building and um and all the extras were like they're looking shocked <laughs> <laughs> well I, I love how the grandma peppered in like you talked about Krankenschwild or whatever but like Fester, I love how Fester. Yeah, but she also said she used um like mashugana, I think, and then she also came out and when she finally like got into the open air and like looked down at her daughter because her daughter was holding the baby like talking to some other women in the street and they all look up and they're like, oh my goodness, and she comes down the steps and she's like, oh you're going to wrap the new baby in this thin shmata, and like it just I just thought it was like really sweet how she like kind of peppered in those things. Like I lived in New York City for a long time and then the the place where I grew up. In Massachusetts had very 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 large strong Jewish communities and so those are kind of I'm not Jewish but those are words that I've heard people say kind of peppering into you know their uh their vernacular and everything and so I, I just thought that was so it just really I thought it was so sweet yeah wow. and I you know the, the the grandmother was such a great character like I I wasn't kind of sure how it would go at the beginning but oh my gosh she just they she just is so wonderful like especially when it comes to also, what a patient husband because normally they're not that patient in that in uh in this show but he's moved into his grand his mother-in-law's flat that she's lived in for 12 years and then like this job in golders green like do you know what i mean like well it was funny because i because because there were a couple times where we would say something like oh well, what are we gonna do and she's like well we're not going anywhere and that's the end of it and then they would just like cut to something else and it's like oh well that's not really how those conversations uh <laughs> need to go but Okay, like Leah just kind of like says like the final word uh, multiple times about like the whole fate of the family, and he just kind of sat there like mm, you know, and it's like okay, well, he was a nice husband, but I also just think he kind of didn't get they didn't write him any opportunities to. Well, he wasn't there for anything apart from just to have got the be the dad of the baby, was he? Yeah, well, um, he, was just, he was just he didn't even see the baby, did we? Did we ever see him with the baby? No, yeah, we did. Oh, did we? Uh, oh, I don't know actually. I thought we did, but then I thought I don't know if we did. I'm because I'm it was the grandma with the baby. Yeah, I, I don't know that we. I don't know that we did. Well, don't know. Don't matter. Anyway, but right. So, certainly, so. he wasn't with it enough that it, it registered with any of us. So well, that's... hopefully, he had a long life ahead with it, Bex. Yeah. Should we talk about poor Alec? <sighs> yeah. This is gonna. This is gonna kind of a lot of things are going to get pulled into the storyline so this will be a good place so to go first off let's just start with the fact that alec invited jenny to brighton now can i just say yeah. this really annoyed me the first second he asked her he was like all perfectly respectable so he'd already confirmed it to her this is what annoyed me about this right so he yeah, said all uh -huh. perfectly respectable the second he asked her like to go to brighton with him and she was all like yeah and they were like slow oh, there was a bit where they were slow dancing in the lounge and can I just set all the other dining room while they were getting I ready? I literally wrote living room dancing in all caps. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, another. Well, I'm not going to out with them, but one of our listeners has emailed in. They actually messaged us to say that they do slow dance in the in the lounge with the husband. Yeah, I thought that I mean, was so cute. Actually, really, this is like so reality cute. TV, kids. It's just us who are doing it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. she, so point being, I won't say your name out loud because I didn't know if you wanted it to be shared. But yes, one of our listeners does slow dance and lounge and good so now so doing. now we know there's one like couple that in real life slow dances well you say that but they, they join jenny and alec and uh chummy and peter yeah so, good company anyway. good company to have yeah so so alec has this odious colleague called clive um who is oh he's horrible isn't he oh he's just toad uh, We've well, all, I... all met that guy before. We've all oh, known we've all that guy. Probably gone out with him before. Awful. <laughs> oh god. That you like think he's nice and then like five seconds after like meeting him, you're like, you realize, oh no, this guy is a complete scumbag. I'm out of here. No wonder he had two rooms booked that like no wonder he had a weekend in Brighton that he had to ditch last minute. Cause I'm sure whoever he wanted to go with was just gonna be was just finally realize like, no, you're a Mm. Yeah, so basically Trixie was in Jenny's ear being like, oh, have you actually got two, because uh, you're a modern girl, have you got two rooms? And she was like, oh, best check, even though we'd already said it's all above board and respectable. So she yeah. goes to where Alex working, which is this old building or whatever, and his odious Clive is there. And um, and Alec isn't, Alex just popped out because he's gone to the bank to get the money for these two hotel rooms. So yeah. anyway, this odious Clive is just like, um, oh, well, mm, I've had lots of fun times in that hotel. Have you, mate? 
Uh, <laughs> no one's going to last in your company two minutes, let alone go no. to work, agree to go away with you. Yeah. So anyway, he's like, I've had loads of good time. And she's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What's he been telling you? So then Alec comes back and he's like, oh, hello. And uh, and basically it just, she's like, thinks that Alec has been bragging to this client, even though obviously he hasn't. Like it just, I know it's for the purpose of the of the storyline, but I wish he hadn't said at the very start, all of board and respectable. Like that just really annoyed me. Well, also, also again, I mean, this is something that like you see in movies and TV all the time, but like. Jenny is immediately pissed off. She's like, oh, she's like, well, you know, like, oh, it's like something. She says something to him like, oh, we're going to have a great weekend. Yeah, I bet we were. Well, he just told me what's really going on and everything. And then she's like, have a good weekend by yourself or whatever she says when she's ready to walk out. And then she literally storms out and he's just stood there like, what? Like he has he's just like he totally is like a tornado hit him like out of nowhere. Like just walk after her and be like, Jenny, wait a minute. What are you talking about? I literally was gone for two seconds. Like. Tell me what well, he starts to say. He starts to say, like, Jenny, you're making assumptions. And then she immediately talks over and him is like, No, you're making assumptions. Now I'm gonna blame Jenny Lee for Alex's death. Oh <laughs> <laughs> because when he was at that scaffolding, he was up there in anger. I think it I don't think it would have happened if he hadn't have just had that argument. Well, she's got a valid point. Well, Although like, it Jen- could be said that Clive could be to blame. Well, yeah. But So no, anyway, hang on, we've not actually given any context. So basically, he goes onto this scaffolding thing, does a bit of, like he's talking to Clive, wasn't he? Yeah. He just needs someone who's not as prim. And he's like, I like that she's prim. Ah! And then falls. <laughs> oh, did you hate this bit, Alex? I thought of you. Oh, no, I, I loved it, Bex. You know how much I love blood and gore. <laughs> can i just say though um so clive runs out um and finds um officer notes is on patrol nearby so he comes and then and then he's like i've seen dr turner's car go and fetch the doctor dr turner running down the street oh my god girls he was like really going i i i was amazed (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. I I was just impressed at his speed, to be honest with you. That's the only thing. I cannot look at Dr. Turner that way. No. Even sorry. when he asked for a, for a really, really, uh, what's the word? When uh, What is the word? When you ashtray? You know, when you ask for the ashtray, but we ask for it really, not forcefully. like Commands. Commanding, in a really commanding fashion, because you're not no. that attractive. Ashtray, no. from the sister. <laughs> no, even like, even when he says something, he says something to Sheila in the episode about like, that like intimates them having sex, like in a very, very like, you know, like, uh, like not sexual way at all or whatever. But I just, it's just like, me, I just was like, oh, I just don't want to. It's like, it's like your parent, it's like your parents having sex or like your grandparents having sex or like your teacher, like anyone in your life that you could just not think of at all as a sexual being. I don't really like, want to think of anyone if money. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like, there are people that you are just, like, he's just one of those type of characters, I just don't want to think of him that way at all. Right, so anyway, poor Alec falls off this thing from oh, a great the, height. The sound his head made when he hit that concrete and, uh, was... and his leg is basically, oh, like, rough. bones gone through skin. I don't even know, I didn't look properly. I had that to was terrible. Face that. It was terrible. But then they get rush him to hospital, and Jenny's, yeah. like, sat on the bed really angry about a stupid argument that wasn't even real, um, so then they're like, oh. Fixie calmed her down and was like, this doesn't sound like Alec. But even though she made her think that it would be Alec. Well, then well, I think no, Trixie was I like... Think it, I think they were just mildly teasing her. I don't, I mean, I don't blame Trixie and Cynthia. I blame, I think they should go to court for... Cynthia had nothing to do with it. Cynthia was innocent, Bex. The thing is, Jenny Trixie is should go on trial. <laughs> Jenny is like I don't I don't I mean I we, we I know we were talking about Jenny causing Alex death but like Jenny truly is I'm kind of <laughs> don't make me laugh too much I'll start coughing um but like Jenny really is kind of one of those people that's like her own worst enemy because she did and I'm not gonna get into Jimmy but I'm just saying like Ugh. she did this she did this in the past too and like I wonder kind of like it's like she's happy until she is until she realizes she's happy and then she's like oh no I'm gonna like throw a wrench in the works or like let's call her introspective I'm, she thinks things over too much well it's it's not I mean it's almost like that it's like but then the other thing is is like then she like she doesn't want what she has until she could lose it and then she's like oh yeah. no, now I'm excited but to you're have right it. You I think you're I mean? right I think you're right Jen I think she did sabotage this by killing Alec you're right that is- yeah <laughs> yeah she had a perfectly nice man that she murdered 
And then when finally he died, she was like, oh, no. So anyway, so Cynthia comes in the room and Cynthia's like, you need to get to the hospital quick. Um, there's been a problem with Alec. He's had an accident at work. So she runs to the hospital. It's the most depressing green you've ever seen in a hospital. Oh. Um, and poor Cynthia's there with her and it's, she's big support to her. And basically they find out that he's lost his foot, which is, is shocking, but obviously much better than it could be. So, but I don't right. know what that, I don't know the implications of that in the 50s either, because like literally pregnant women couldn't work. So I don't know if people, if people without a foot could work or whatever. Like they just have very well, strange. Oh, Alex, Alex could have worked. They just put a fake like wooden foot on him and then he could like have a desk job. I, yeah, I know, but that... the point being it's the 50s. I'm not saying he couldn't do it. I'm saying in the 50s, were they weird about it? Like they are about oh, pregnant sure, women. Yeah, and... they were, they were well, definitely was... weird about it, but Alec would like, con- like conceal it and then it would be okay, I think. And didn't he work for the council? Yeah. So would, they would have would had really some... good benefits. Like he would have got ill yeah. house retirement. It'd have got yeah, yeah. he'd have been fine. Yeah. The thing oh, is, God. like in the fifties, it would have been died. something where like he would feel like ashamed about it for the rest of his life, and that he's not like a complete man. But also, like it wouldn't. I think he could still substantively have like a good life and like yeah, be as like providing and like you know appropriately like living and everything. I mean, like I just yeah, I, I don't. I didn't see losing the foot as like something that would have. And I'm not. Well, I'm not minimizing first, though, it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, they, but I'm just saying, yeah. like... No, but they did it first. They were a bit like, oh, it's fun. Anyway, then, um, so Jenny and him made up and she was like, I'm sorry for tr- nearly killing you. And he was like, it's all right. Uh, um, so God then... they had that time to talk, honestly. <laughs> I know. So anyway... So um, he is fine. She goes off and says, I need to start working again. So she goes with Sister Winifred, who at this point is still timid, goes to Mrs. Moss. And then that's when the grandma comes in and is like, um, you know, you need to go now. He's seriously gravely ill. So she runs to the hospital. This scene, oh my goodness. Kill me, oh. kill me, kill me. This is when the tears were starting to flow for me, girls. And then they just didn't stop until like after the credits were done rolling. Oh, awful, awful, just awful. Just sobbing, like fully, like, sobbing as I was watching the whole re- last of the set But then they're like this this nurse is like I'm sorry but Mr. Jesmond's passed away and then she goes in and I thought they'd better be empty or something and it'd be like a, a mix up when I first watched it originally. Um I didn't think a baby would be thrown across the room which is good. Um but like literally <laughs> <laughs> went in and she went in and he was there. It was his corpse. It was proof that he was dead. I was I audibly gasped because I genuinely thought it was going to be a mistake. Oh god. Um, Oh, oh, and they I... made him look very convincing too. It was yeah, he did look. He did it look dead. Oh, he did look dead. He did. <laughs> well, and and I know this is like a very small point, but like there was something so tragic about the fact that they did they took his pillow away, and I just was like, <laughs> oh, okay, it will get me going right now again. This, this is going to go to a patient who needs it. Oh God, like the fact Imagine that they didn't give him that pillow anymore. and just being like, oh, it's still oh, warm. Oh, it just oh, it just oh, that really I just. I was, oh my gosh. Is so that anyway, so when Rick and Morty sets in his necks in the right position? That only lasts for a few hours. Sorry, I just, I, I've watched too many like true crime detective shows now. Like, I just saw my, my own face at that on the Zoom call. Like, like what? Anyway, so then Jenny goes to his lodgings um, oh, and sees the reservations. Oh. And then under Mr. G. Kelly and Miss D. Reynolds, Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds. And I properly, oh. properly like, ugly cried again the sobbing just was continuing i'm gonna start crying now i'm i'm too also, tender his for mom, my illness his mom couldn't make it to the funeral because she lives his in another parents. country and that just yeah. that made me cry even more oh the fact like, where was jimmy at the funeral yeah because it Typical was jimmy. jimmy yeah 
Well, and they and they CGI'd in um Shummy. So I thought that as well. They totally did. did. Oh, if you watch the episode, she I don't know where Chummy is, but she is not. I've written here. Chummy filmed separately from LA. Yeah, true. Maybe that's when she was filming that um spy film because her hair was very similar to them. Yeah, they they like and she's back in the next episode. So I just assumed that oh, I'm gonna have to watch that again. See if she's well, that's exactly look at the end because she's filmed in a good. I don't think she was CGI'd in. I think they just filmed her scene written that right near the back another time. You know, you know what it's like. It's like they didn't pay her to come back for the previous episode, so they just added a scene for her in the episode where she was already paid to be there, and then they cut it and put it in the previous one where they she was supposed to be at the funeral. Yeah, that's what it was. I'm sure. The bit that got me was when um after Alex died and um Leah Moss and Mrs. Rubin. I'm gonna have to say Mrs. Rubin. She's basically left the house. It's when she comes and she says goodbye. She's like, oh. I made a thing of it. I want to always make since what's happened, have a goodbye. She's like, I never got to say goodbye again. I cried. Oh. Oh, do you know what else made me cry? That break, that fry up. Oh, that oh, was like the Fred. best fry up ever. Oh, it oh, looked Fred. amazing. But Fred had done this big thing and then bless him. And he was like, I can't do anything but give you this food. Have this food. And she was, oh, she looked like she was enjoying it, to be fair. And I was, I was really like, like salivating. It yeah. did, didn't it? Yeah. It looked so good. Fred was so, yeah. Oh, also, I was going to ask you both a question. So she's obviously so they have the they have the funeral first, right? Can and I the just funeral say as well, one. Alex's death was really good for um, uh, Sheila's choir. It was yes. It got the numbers up. It, they were really it good was, as well. They were really yeah. really good. I also love the fact that Sheila started the choir. I love the fact that she's like, hey, something changed, something do it. Um, but yeah. So the other thing I wanted to say about the funeral, really quick though, was um, Tom Harrowood. Yes, I put that he's. Oh, yep. He's yeah. he's now making a bigger entrance, and we're going to see yeah. him a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. But no, my question was: so after after, I've been thinking about this probably way too much. But like, she didn't couldn't be at work, but she didn't want to be there, and everything was reminding her of him. So Sister Julianne offered her um a, like a stay at the compassionate leave at the mother house. Yeah, the mother house. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, surely why wouldn't she just go home to her mum and dad? But then at the same time, I don't know if I'd want my mum, ho- ho- sorry, mum, if you're listening, hovering over me all the time, asking if I was all right and like seeing if I wanted some toast. Or, do you know what I mean? Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to make... go to the mother house or home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement. First of all, um, I mean, it depends on, depends on, you know, everybody, I think, you know, have different experiences with their parents and with, you know, different... I would just say, I think the reason why the mother house was the place to go and why not going home was the place not to go um is because what jenny really had to do um what she was going through and like what needed to be accomplished in that time of you know stepping away from life was better suited to a quiet reflective environment rather than just going home because the thing is like when you're and now not to say that you can't grieve at home or grieve around family or you know that's fine but like to me Jenny needed to go somewhere where she could just really kind of dwell in what she was experiencing and feeling and then like really try to work on processing it and like kind of um you know dealing with it as best you can and everything and to me it made complete sense that she went there rather than you know like just going somewhere else or going for vacation or going to see her family or whatever else because um you know she really had she really had work to do and like things to think about and so and the nuns are so wise they come out with such profound statements. Yeah. And even though Je- Jenny isn't like an explicitly religious person, I think the fact that she's been around nuns in this environment, she knows kind of what it is. She knows what it would mean to be like following a somewhat kind of spiritual lifestyle and schedule. I think that was a really good choice for her. Well, I did decide that I would probably want to go there as well. Um, oh, yeah. But also without the internet, it must be really awful uh right now another thing now i've got written here about patrick and sheila there's another bit of the storyline where he's, he's, he's i've got written here put it in the drawer sheila so <laughs> when <laughs> sheila's been doing these stitches on this dress and she's like i don't want to you know it's not going to happen for us and all this and it's a heartbreaking scene it is really and he sad. has zero compassion for it just put it in the drawer sheila we're very lucky and i know his speech is supposed to be rousing like you know we're very lucky you know, we've got a lovely life here, blah, blah, blah. Like, just put it in the drawer, but, Sheila. As in, forget about it. 
But he also says to her, it's not the end of the world. And I thought, no, it's not for you because you've already got Timothy who you completely ignore. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just another just chance for you not to ignore. It was so insensitive of him. And also the fact that she works around new mothers all the time. Yeah. It must be so difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's not very empathetic as a doctor. Yeah, he's not. He's not. But also, um, I'll tell you what else was lols. Timothy, on the subject of Timothy, the choir. Timothy being like, I don't want to go to choir. He was lols. And he was like, oh, do you want to go to the Hand and Shears or whatever pub it was and have a Horses and Dragons or something? I don't know. Wagon and Horses. But to have a drink and you can have a shandy on the steps. All right. <laughs> and she's like, no. Well, he's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, com I completely agree with you both. And Timothy... Yeah, poor guy. I mean, like, and it was, he really protested. And they were like, no, you're still doing it. And I was just like, ugh, why? And there's another thing in my notes as well about Cluedo. Um, oh, my God. Sister Monica Joan. I loved it when, so she funny. when she described the revolver as being the weapon of cowards. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh. Did you, oh, did you not get this scene at the start? Where no. Sister Monica Jane and Sister Evangelina are playing Cluedo. Oh, no, that was a deleted scene for us. Oh, you I are kidding. That. that was an amazing scene. No, so Sister Evangelina and Monica Joan were literally only at the end, like with the funeral and then saying goodbye to Jenny for Oh, me. there was a scene. So basically, they were playing Cluedo. It's a brand new game, apparently. And, they, uh, they were doing some sort of um, sale. They were doing a collection-y thing, donations. Yeah. So before Sister Evangelina got Monica Jones' help, she'd had she'd agreed to do this game first to kind of like you know hurry it up and help get the help. So she did Somebody it, but then donated it. yeah. So Sister Monica Joan was like guessing who was gonna be the the killer and who what the weapon was and stuff. She's like, no, you're supposed to play the game and do it all right all this way. But she guessed it right, and it was just hilarious. Oh my god. Um, but so also Sister Evangelina playing the game as well because you just don't normally expect it. <laughs> I would have loved to see that one. I will say this was I have to I have to give Sister Monica Jonah a shout out because when they're all saying goodbye to Jenny at the <clears throat> excuse me at the um steps to go to the to the mother house and Sister Monica Joan starts kind of reciting this poem. Um I I I was already like just fully sobbing at this point, but the poem I thought was really beautiful. But then she gets kind of interrupted as everyone else is saying goodbye, and then Jenny gets in the car and she comes over to the edge of the car and hangs on the window and she finishes the poem and I don't it's she doesn't like say the attribution of like who wrote it or whatever but oh my god I thought that poem was so beautiful and like so well delivered and just it was. oh it just absolutely broke my freaking heart when she when she said that poem to Jenny I just I mean I was already like so done at that point I mean but it was it was really, really, really moving. And like it, Sister Monica Joan, she has these flashes of being the most compassionate, knowing the right thing to like, it's very rare and again, yeah. less and less, but she does have these flashes of being like saying the most perfect things to people at the most perfect time when they need it the most. Yeah, really, like really quite stunning amount of, um, you know, both like just really beautiful and like eloquent compassion, you know, and like letting something is, you know, as, as, you know like like letting a poem speak your feelings and is, is, is yeah i'm not eloquent but what she did was very eloquent you know what i mean <laughs> my illness has robbed me of my of my intelligence and eloquence here for temporarily hopefully but should we do, yeah should we do heroes and zeros yes sure. who wants to go first i'll go first go on so my hero is going to be just the the fact that the nuns all just rallied around after Alec died. Um, and especially at the funeral when Jenny Lee was based, she was just surrounded by the nuns. I just cool. loved, yeah, I just loved it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Sister Julianne just like offered for her to have compassionate leave at the mother house and like invited her to be their guest. I just, I just loved it. It was good. And then my zero... I know Alec died, so but it's going to be the fact that Timothy was dragged along to the choir and he didn't want to go. He wanted to watch the Lone Ranger. I was just like, poor Timothy. <laughs> if he's not been ignored and left in the car, now he's got Auntie Sheila, but he's being <laughs> dragged off to things he didn't want to go to. So true. Let that good. child say no and be respected in his negative answer. He's never going to be Jen. 
Never gonna I be know, right. Are you doing yours or me? You do yours. Clive is my zero. Oh yeah, Clive. Oh, Clive, yeah, yeah, yeah. He can. Where was he at the funeral? Not there, because he caused it. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. so he's my zero, and my hero. I'm gonna say Cynthia. Because not only was she really um, compassionate and lovely for um, Sister Winifred, but she was also there for her friend Jenny at the hospital and everything. And yeah. I just think she's an all-round good egg. I love her. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Um, girls, and, and to our sweet, sweet listeners, um, just, uh, you know, I, this episode just really hit some of my tender places. So I'm just going to go in- incredibly earnest with these heroes and zeros. So just bear with, okay? But like, um, Bex, I'm going to piggyback on you for the zero um, and do Dr. Turner because he was more upset about Alec and like losing his Alec, losing his foot. This was even before Alec died. Then he was compassionate to his own wife with her yeah. like issues yeah. of infertility. Put it in the drawer, like, Sheila. Yeah. He was like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. Like you'll get over it or whatever. But then like he like, you know, does one thing for Alec and like, you know, his foot isn't saved and he's like having this whole crisis and whatever. And it's just like no time for that. Um, okay, my hero is Mrs. Rubin coming oh, yeah. to me, um, with the baby and everything and saying goodbye. But, um, okay, and my hero, and I and I, I have to kind of go on a little bit about this, uh, for just a second. Um, uh, Mrs. Rubin, um, the grandmother, when she comes, uh, with Leah to Jenny and Cynthia to kind of introduce the baby and then say goodbye because they're going to go to Growers Green or Golders Green. Golders Green. Golders Green. Thank you. Um, And she makes the whole point about saying goodbye and then Jenny breaks down and says, I didn't get to say goodbye. Um, And I can't remember exactly if, oh, oh, I know what it was. Like Leah says to her mother, you know, come on now, mom, like we've said enough, like she's really upset, like she's just had this big loss. And she said, yeah, she has had this big loss. Like, you know, it is, it is really terrible. And, and then Jenny says something like, I just don't know how I'm going to keep on going. Or, you know, she says she's intimates something and Mrs. Rubin grabs her hands and she says, the thing you have to do, sweetheart, is just, just keep on living until you feel alive again. And I, I just have to shout it out because, um, you know, I, I won't go into my personal experiences, but I've had some personal experiences with grief and loss and, um, something that's really tough about it in, uh, you know, like certainly American culture, but I think um, you know, Western culture, um, is that there's really not enough space for people who are going through something really painful like that. And there's not, other than just kind of initial sympathy that people offer you, there's not a lot of acknowledgement of, you know, kind of what it is that you're dealing with. And there was no one better position than Mrs. Rubin, who had lost so much and who had suffered so much to kind of be able to reach out to Jenny in that moment. And the fact that she does, does it without any fear, without any, you know, dismissal, um, you know, really, really struck me. And I, when I first watched this episode and I heard those words, like you have to keep living until you feel alive again, that resonated with me personally so deeply. I have thought about it ever since I, I have given that advice to other people who have, you know, I I know we're going through things, you know, that similarly that are really, really tough. Um, and I just thought that was, I mean, this episode, this series has so many wise moments, has so much beautiful writing, has so many truths that are just, you know, laid plain for all of us. But that to me is one of the most uh, beautiful and best that this show has given to me personally. So I know, you know, it's very earnest and very serious and everything, but um it was just such a hero for me and I just wanted to call it out because um, it just hit me in such a profound way. So I'm um, not here, but I think as well, Jen, I think I agree with that, but also I really like, again, again, with the writing on this show, like it was an episode that like was, it didn't just mention the Holocaust. Obviously it went into a little bit about it, but I think they gave it the gravitas it deserved yeah. With that statement and with that, like the, the ending that she got from it as well. Like, I feel yeah. like they, they made sure they actually gave, it wasn't just a passing thing about a mention about anything that happened to her family and stuff. Like they actually came to like, she actually got the final say in the, in the show and stuff. And I just think yeah. that was very important that they got that attention to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that they didn't just give, you know, like, 
like there are a lot of ways that Jenny could have gotten support or advice or whatever, but the fact that they put, you know, Leah and Mrs. Rubin kind of in Jenny's path when she was going through that experience and then, you know, wove them together. And especially because of what they had experienced, Mm. um, you know, and for the time period, especially too, because, you know, you know, we're talking about the late fifties. So world war two is very recent. You know, there are lots of people at that time who are, you know, really dealing with the aftermath of a lot of those things. And so, um, you know, it's just a great way to kind of acknowledge, you know, multiple things at once. And, but yeah. And, and then, and then the, the mature Jenny at the end, you know, even reiterates that line. Cause she says, you know, oh, I went off, you know, to the mother house and everything. And I had, I had to, you know, just keep living until I could learn to be alive again. And so clearly that was a message that they wanted to, you know, kind of drive home even one more time, you know, by, by adding it at the end and the mature Jenny kind of, you know, closing remarks and stuff. So, um, I, I just, I just had to make that my hero because, um, oh, it was definitely a worthwhile hero. It was, I, I know, I know this week I it was, oh, it was, it was tough for me, girls. I didn't have a lot to like make fun of or laugh at or joke about this. This episode just really got me in such a deep place. And like, I, my illness has made me very tender and sensitive and, uh, you know. Well, that's the beauty of this podcast though, Jen, do you know what I mean? And the beauty mm. of this show in general, that's why we love it so much. Because oh. there are weeks that are funnier. There are storylines that are there. Because you did have the little lighthearted bits, but it wasn't a very lighthearted episode this week. No, it was very, no. very much a heavy-hearted episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so just... I didn't even mention poor Kitty Chubb who had a baby. Oh yeah, oh, I know, I know. And her little, I love. I I will say, I love that little teddy bear Frankie that she gives to her baby and that she that she puts in the pram when they're coming to do the the chorus I singing. Think, I have to say, when she says, "Oh yeah, the baby doesn't go anywhere without it." No, you won't go anywhere without it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, but also again, it's all tied in because they obviously were really good singers, and then they joined the choir at the end. Like it was all very, very cleverly wrapped up again. Yeah, with a, with a bow by the. Uh, the writers well and and this was another this was another line that was so good when um when uh they're having the kind of the rehearsal for the funeral song and everything and um all the women show up you know the after um sheila has invited them and she said just bring your babies and you can rehearse with your babies here and that one young mother walks up and she said oh i heard this young man's mom won't be able to be here because you know she lives too far away and everything and sheila confirms it and she's like well listen we're young mums now so we're gonna be there for him and you know and and just you know now that like they're only moms they've only been moms for maybe like a couple months but they already know the bond and the power of that relationship and so they want to show up for this young man like kind of as yeah in a way like symbolic mothers to you know have that motherly presence and love with him exactly. at the end and everything oh it was just oh my god girls and then that song they sung was so beautiful and oh lord i was impressed that timothy could play mozart on the piano <laughs> Well, I was impressed yeah. with Peter's uh, singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it was it was really a beautiful service, I have to say. And, and you know, guided lovely by uh, Tom Harrowood, who uh, that was the first service we saw of him, but not the last. Spoiler yeah, alert. Well, you'll see a lot I more. also just need to shout out the hats with all the netting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wear one of those to you two's funeral. Why are you assuming yours going to come to mine? <laughs> She said you twos. Oh, 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 I yeah, see you now. Yeah, Sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, if I go first, I want you to wear one. Okay, I will. I'll sing as well. Thank you. I'll sing at yours. <laughs> just, if I'm we want to clear the room, we'll get you to sing, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'll just sit, I'll just sit and like, you know, uh, you know. Look, you like, can play the piano, Jim. Oh, okay. Well, like, then, don't die for a really long honest. time because I have to learn how to play the piano first then. Well, hopefully it's going to be a long time. So, yeah. 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 Just plan on a really, really, really long life because I'm going to need a lot of time to learn the piano. <laughs> you can't go on your deathbed. You can't go, <laughs> yeah, I've not finished learning. Can you imagine um, if, I, if I like died first because I was like, I never learned the piano. I've got to go before these two. <laughs> I, like, I got I great two keyboard backs as a backup. Could do Get Back by the Beatles. Anyway, oh right. Now, on that note. That's quite um, a funeral. Get back, yeah, get back to where you want to belong. Um, anyway, right, thank you very, very much for listening. 
Um, yes. I just want to say also thank you to everyone who's following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's ridiculous how many people, how many interactions we're getting. It's just amazing. But I also mm-hmm. want to say now that we have a YouTube channel you can subscribe to as well. Um, and it's yeah. not like videos of us, don't worry, because you would not want to see us right now. No. Um, we all literally sent a message to each that being like, I'm so sorry, I look awful. Um, yeah, well, all three um, of us are like legitimately not in good health. And so like, it's just, <laughs> we're not like, normally we're beautiful rays of sunshine that just shine Oh yeah, our, normally I'm right made up. I look like Trixie normally, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. So, uh, but, but we've got a YouTube channel which has all of our, um, or it will do both by the time this goes out because I'm in the middle of doing it. Uh, but we'll have all our episodes on there as well so you can subscribe and listen on YouTube because I know a lot of people like to listen to YouTube videos and stuff. It's easier mm-hmm. for them and stuff. So we've done that as well. So uh, you can follow us on there. Make sure you subscribe. Oh, subscribe. and one and one last thing I had as an idea. Um, oh, and I wonder if we should do this also because I've seen a lot of other people do this and it's kind of fun is if um, our listeners should have like a nickname, like our, our group of listeners should have a nickname. Um, uh, so the recallers. That, yeah, the recallers. I was wondering if maybe we would call them, because like, you know how like Trixie always calls new moms sweetie and everything? Like if we call them the sweetie. That sounds really weird and creepy. It does, <laughs> it does sound weird. I didn't like it. But you know, like the, like, and then like um, one of the other midwives always calls the new moms like chick. Um, you know, I don't know. There's, I mean, we can brainstorm. I'm not, I'm not saying these are like good ideas, but if that's something we might want to do, or if listeners have a suggestion that they might want to be called, you know, um, I don't know. It, it's just an idea. No, it's good. Like, it is good. So if you do have any suggestions for that, let us know. If you have any questions or anything like that, anything you want us to talk about, send it to us. You can email us. You can message us. You can DM us. Do it all. You know where to contact us. And it's yeah. all on the show notes. And just keep liking. And if you if you have the opportunity to send a review in, that would be great as well. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Next week is episode five, series three. Yeah. Series yeah. three, episode five, yeah. Right, yeah. No, we're on series three. Anyway, right, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.